is a couple of months in at Creative Powerhouse Shop Gut in Miami. Originally from Panama, this copywriter has an incredible career that stemmed from a strong education foundation at the University of Miami. And when I say incredible, I mean it. Lock in because he's about to blow your mind if you're indeed a fan of advertising. Alex, along with his partner Andy, were responsible for two 2019 Super Bowl ads. And I think they've won around 10 can lines. I'm not exactly sure. But I want you to recall 2019 before the pandemic when life was life. Uh, the one commercial that kind of stuck out was the Andy Warhol footage. It was, I think, no sound at all. It's Andy Warhol dipping his Whopper in ketchup. The Eat Like Andy campaign. Alex directly helped push and convince Burger King to run that ad. And there's another Super Bowl commercial, but I can't spoil it right now. So keep on listening to learn about that and another home run campaign he talks about, which is just amazing. He's worked at Crispin Porter and Bogusky, David in Miami, and Wyden Kennedy. Talk about a resume. And there's a lot to learn from Alex because he's an all-around great guy. To learn more about Alex and to connect with him and see his recommended resources, head over to Instagram and follow Entering Ad. And now, without further ado, this is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast, and I am your accomplice, Gino Schellenberger. Kick it, Mikey. Alex Allen, welcome to the Breaking and Entering podcast. How are you doing tonight? Thank you so much for having me, Gina. Uh, no, this is an awesome opportunity. Uh, first time I've ever been in a podcast, so yeah, really awesome. yeah. You mentioned that to me uh, while we were talking before we started recording, and I'm surprised by that because your resume, um, <laughs> your experience, uh, just some of the work you've done, it seems like this industry would draw you in for podcasts. So I'm lucky to have you at first. So it's always nice to get some great talent. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So we got a lot to uncover. You got a lot of great experience, like I just said, but currently you are a senior copywriter at gut in miami am i correct on that yes yes and now people probably of my of our little audience that we have consistently i like to talk highly of them they probably know gut by through ad age and ad week and some of the awards you guys have been doing and just how great you guys are but that ceo i believe who how do you pronounce his name the guy that we were just talking about yeah, the, the CCO, the, the chief creative officer and founder of Gut uh, is Anselmo Ramos. He's the, the he was the brains behind uh, David, the agency when he found that. Uh, OK, and and he he's he's been kind of like the mastermind of some of the most iconic campaigns from Dove, right? real beauty sketches, okay. uh, Burger King, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that kind of that hints at well, that foreshadows what we're going to be talking about, because you are a University of Miami graduate and you've really you've hit some of the some great agencies since then. I mean, we got Crispin Porter and Bogusky. We've got the community. We've got David, obviously. 
uh, Wyden, Kennedy, and Gutnow. So you've really, you've hit all these great agencies. And I'm just, a lot of our audience wants to hear, like, how did you, you know, we want to hear how you got to these great agencies, what worked for you, and what lessons can you give to our audience out there to follow a similar path? Because those are awesome. And so you must be pretty awesome, too. Oh, thank you. I mean, wow. I, I, I don't know if I consider myself awesome. I think it, I'll always uh, consider my, myself the luckiest guy ever. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, I, I, when I, when I, hopefully when, when I get the chance to just like talk about my journey, mm-hmm. I'm not the kind of guy who believes in fate or the stars or that kind of stuff, but it's insane how many coincidences happened for like all these things to just kind of like fall in line, fall in line and, you know, just work out. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, luck, what is it? Luck is where prepar- preparation meets opportunity. Some that old saying, so you've obviously were prepared. So let's bring it back to um, your college experience uh, at Miami. We have a couple of Miami alum on this podcast in our repertoire. Um, so a great advertising school. Did you go into Miami always kind of knowing you want to do advertising or how did you stumble across this, this industry? That's a good question. I mean, um, yeah, I, I never really like growing up, I never really thought, oh, I want to do advertising. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I wanted to be like, I don't know, Batman or whatever. (laughs) I, you know, I, I didn't. I, I never really imagined doing commercials or making them or writing them. Uh, it, it was just kind of like it just happened. I, I by the way, I'm I'm from uh, Panama, like not the town in in Florida, like literally the the country in Central America. And and I I've always dreamt of living outside of Panama and like making a life out of like. Uh, like all my family's over there and I moved away just to pursue this. And it's kind of insane to, to say that because advertising wasn't my dream to, a dream to begin with. I, I love to draw. I, I love to, um, to, uh, you know, live in that like creative world of, uh, whatever it was. I, I think I, I would have wanted to be like, a I don't know, uh, an animator or a comic book artist or, or something. But my parents were like, no, 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 no. You're going to starve under a table or something like that. You got to do something that's going to like pay the bills. Sure. Yeah. Parents and, do that. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. I like, they were suggesting maybe you should become kind of like a lawyer, like your mom, your uncles and your grandmother or whatever. And like, I didn't, I wasn't sure, but the thing that I did know was that I needed to do something that I was going to love. I didn't want to just do a job because it's a job. I, I wanted to, it, to actually enjoy it. So um, I, I took some very generic courses in Panama. And then I think like around after two years, I transferred to University of Miami and chose advertising just like and it was a stroke of luck i guess wow because i ended up uh uh 
I, I ended up really, really, really loving it. I'm super passionate about it. And I always tell people that I, I have the best job in the world. I, I think I, I like read a blog right before choosing advertising and just like, I read the story of a guy who was working late in, in, in an office. He was eating pizza with his coworkers and uh, he, he just said that that was fun. Um, and, and I was like, you know, that sounds interesting. I'll see what that is about. Kind of outside the nine to five desk accountant job. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I had, besides that, I didn't really have that, like my expectations. I didn't know what to, to expect, to be honest. I just kind of like stumbled upon this and I was just so lucky to find to, to meet people that were also just equally as passionate and kind of like believed in me as well. Uh, like professors that I still talk to to this day. Like we still keep in touch. Want to give a couple shout outs? No, I absolutely. Sarai Nunez. She's still a professor there at University of Miami. I still talk to her every now and then. So yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. And yeah, and yeah I, I think like she was the first one to like check out my work and she was like, you know, you need to put up your work up for like student festivals and try and get awards. And I, and I wasn't that confident. I, I was like a nervous, a tornado of anxiety and insecurities and doubts and all that kind of stuff. And, yep. and she was like, nah, trust me, you should do it. This, this piece that you worked on or whatever, this is good. You should try it. And, and sure enough, <laughs> it somehow like worked out. Um, so yeah, (laughs) I I think it's interesting that I want to go back to where you mentioned, like your parents were saying, maybe like be a lawyer, um, uh, and maybe steer away from the cartoon aspect of, of a career. So did you, did it kind of click for you when you first heard about the different positions in advertising, maybe in that entry level class that you took, like this copywriter, like route might be for you or was that kind of clicked right away like you might have had like that law influence and that writing experience does that when you learned about copywriting did you say this is for me i wasn't so sure actually i i like had obviously my doubts um but again like uh i met people along the way that assured me that i was doing great or that i can improve and uh that just you know it showed me how much I can really love this profession. Um, I started out actually as an art director <laughs> and, really? and switched within uh, the university because I, I was just kind of like, I, I love drawing, uh, but I was honest with myself and I'm like, I'm not that fast with the programs, um, okay. but I still love the creative process. And I think that was a realization for me. Like I didn't, it didn't immediately click as you say, but it was, it was a realization that maybe what I didn't love necessarily was like what I actually did, but rather just the creative process of it. Um, so yeah. And I know some people then turn to strategy, but you went to copywriting. I mean, mm-hmm. but strategy is obviously in the backbone and always on your mind when you're, when you're part of that creative process, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, no, for sure. I I think uh, you you see a lot of fluidity in those th- sure. two, in those things, but yeah, always have it in mind. I always have it in mind. 
So you so you must have done pretty well. You you applied for some awards. You said you submitted some stuff. Um, you, did you you got pretty good feedback from those awards? Did you win anything? Yeah, I think like uh, Back for the, the for the I, I think I did for the Addies, uh, okay. regional Addies, and was that AAF? Yes. Okay. And and I got uh, with my team. I got. Uh, best of show i believe regional how important is that then, for like creatives um to get that recognition early on maybe for your own mental psyche or for to stand out to recruiters is is that a crucial thing then something you recommend is to put your work out there because a lot of people i know don't even submit stuff don't even think that they're good enough absolutely i i think it's so important and and if you would have asked me when I started out, like, as I said, I was like a, a wreck tornado of anxiety and doubts. I, I would have said, nah, it's fine. Uh, awards aren't that important, but they, they really are. They, there's, there is value in awards because not only do you kind of force yourself to put up that put a uh, work out there that, that meets a certain standard. Yep. So that, that kind of like helps you also just like raise the bar and, and really make sure that you put out amazing work. Right. Uh, but yeah, naturally you're, if you win something, you're definitely going to get eyes on recruiters. Right. Um, if, if you're looking for a visa that, that also helps like a lot. Um, you know, that, that just shows that you're not, uh, you're you're not replaceable that you you're very important uh so yeah i like that i like that i mean and also that work that you probably that i guarantee you the work that you submit for those awards goes directly into your portfolio and that totally yeah yeah and i i think a good question now i mean a lot of people in the creative uh track have a pretty big decision to make towards their senior year. I don't know. I'm assuming your senior year of undergraduate, whether or not you're going to go to portfolio school. And I've, I've had a lot of people on this podcast and there's different views and perspectives on portfolio school, but what it comes down to is your own unique um, experience and where you're at in life and the economy. And there's a lot of variables that come into play, but let's just, dive into that decision-making process when back when you were facing portfolio school or going right into the workforce, what was going through your mind and how did you make your decision not to go to portfolio school? No, totally. So I think, uh, I, to this day, I still don't think my portfolio is done. (laughs) Um, it's a constant work in progress. Yeah. And that was very much the same feeling I had when I was looking for a first, like my first gig, my first job. I didn't, I didn't think that, that my portfolio was good enough. Uh, I always compared myself to what else was out there. Like who else am I competing with? Um, and I, and when I started, I, I like gave out my, like I, I sent out cold emails. I, I try to like, you know, uh, contact, uh, connections of connections of connections and, and all that kind of stuff. In my opinion, 
portfolios, yes, they're important, but it's not the most important thing. And I don't think I've gone, I've ever gotten a job based on my portfolio, gotcha. <laughs> not once. Um, uh, it's always been because someone can talk really well about me or either they've read about me somewhere or they've seen my name on something and they're like, I want to hire that guy or whatever. Like, it was never like they, they found my website and they're like, this guy's perfect. I, I've seen some portfolios that are so creative and they, they, yeah. they really show the, the personality of um, who that person really is. And, and you've seen mine uh, uh, with, with, my, uh, with my art director, by the way, shout out, Andy Tamayo. I've been working with the dude for six years. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the portfolio I have with him is literally, this is the work, this is what we did. Uh, this is who we are. There, there's yep. nothing. There's no fluff around it. Um, I like that though. Yeah. No. I mean, it, it gets to the point. Like, yeah, you gotta do that. I like that. Uh, but the, yeah, for sure. Going back to portfolios, I, I think there are some people who put amazing uh, work and love in their portfolio, and and that's great. But if you ask me, portfolios isn't it, like it's not the most important thing. It's not like the end all. It's not like what's going to make the deal happen in your opinion. It's the, you know, that, that word of mouth really. I mean, but for a lot of people now they're deciding like, how do they get that experience where somebody can speak highly of you? How do they get, they break into that first job where they can, you know, or internship where somebody can really vouch for you. That's the tough part for a lot of people. For sure. For sure. I, I, uh, in school, I, I tried my best always. Like I, I uh, and this is still true to this day. Uh, someone told me, you'll never be sure that you're the best in the room. Chances are you'll never be the best in the room. But you can always make sure that you're the heart, the, the one who works the hardest. Um, That's a soundbite right there. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> that was uh, awesome. I like that. Yeah, uh, and it's true. I mean, when I was in school, even like I wasn't the fastest copywriter. Uh, I, there were some probably some people who were better wordsmiths than I was. Um, but man, sometimes I was awake till two a.m. working on a script or whatever, you know, to show to the class the next day. I like that. Uh, so the, that hard work. So you're saying if you if you don't have maybe that in that internship experience, maybe those professors can vouch for you if you're working hard in the absolutely. classroom, and then they can. Th those are huge gateway people. They're gatekeepers to the industry. Yeah, because a lot of the time those those professors have worked in the industry. They yep. know people. Yep. Um, and in a way, that's how I got my first internship with Crispin and Porter, uh, Crispin Porter and Bogusky. Yeah. Um, they they vouched for me that that there was someone who needed a copywriter and they're like there's this opening uh do you want to be this person's art uh, uh copywriter and i was like sure um uh so yeah i mean like always working hard like there's just no way that nothing good is going to come out of it whether the quality of the work or like you've left an amazing impression on someone like that that's definitely there's always something positive that's going to come out of it i love that i love that
So then the decision for portfolio school came down that you already had some of these connections. You already had an internship or what, and you <laughs> were good to go. You didn't really necessarily need it. Yeah, for sure. I, I, uh, so when I started at Crispin Porter and Bogusky, I already had like my student portfolio and I was still like, you know, this is an internship. I don't know if I'm going to have like a full-time job after this. Yeah. Um, do I want to invest in going to a portfolio school? Well, I you had the internship. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, I, you I was, yeah, I was a, I was a grad, I graduated from university of Miami and, you know, just seeing also who I was competing with. I was competing for, with, for those internship spots, I was competing uh, with people who were in some really awesome portfolio school programs. They come out with some amazing portfolios. Oh, yeah. That's what they do for like two years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, University of Miami, uh, I that program has gone a million times better since I've graduated. Mm -hmm. But they're, they're, uh, they, they weren't like other portfolio school programs where you know that's the main thing no like, no undergrad you know, really is which i don't yeah. get why which we can have a whole episode about undergraduate <laughs> advertising but then I, i'm sure they they feed people in the miami ad school yeah that 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 like that was a that was totally a, a something i was considering should i go to miami ad school should i go to i don't know uh la escuelita in, in argentina i don't know i don't know like it, it was all things that I was considering. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I ended up getting a freelance, like they extended me at Crispin nice. Porter and Bogusky. So the internship and, went to freelance. Yeah. And I kept uh, uh, freelancing with them for almost a year. And it was like, at this point, I have this experience. It doesn't yeah. make any sense for me to go back to portfolio school. Yeah. So it just what happened. What were you working on? You were working on Rider. I mean, are you allowed to talk about the clients you were working on there? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so over there, we were working with uh, Rider. Uh, so it was like a B two B brand, uh, a trucking company. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, that, I've driven that, a couple of Rider trucks. Really? That's all awesome. Really? Yeah. yeah, huh. yeah. <laughs> Storage company. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I mean, like they're an amazing company and. Yeah, we we did a, a bit of advertising for them. Mm -hmm. We did a for for an app called Let Go as well. Yep, the, uh, the selling app, like the like kind of like the Facebook Marketplace type app. Absolutely, this was before yeah. Facebook even had right. this stuff. So, I, so, yeah. I remember, <laughs> that, yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, it, also Infinity, my first yeah. car brand ever. That nice. that was interesting. Um, and yeah, um, we we had a lot of opportunities because Crispin Porter and Bogusky at the time, at least the Miami office, they weren't doing too well, and they were like in a reconstruction mode. Okay. So as interns, I as an intern, I had an amazing opportunity there because we were pitching all the time new business to try and get new new clients for them and. Interesting. Yeah. How do you like the pitch process? I mean, that, as a as a kind of like that first job, I'm sure that's a whirlwind to be always like prepping for pitches and stuff <laughs> like that. If they put you in the room, I don't know what they did, but 
that's got to be a great experience. No, yeah, totally. A lot of late nights, a lot of late nights. Um, yeah. But that, as an intern, that was an amazing experience because, uh, you know, a lot of the times when you're an intern, you get uh, a lot of the small briefs, like, oh, yeah. you know, uh, you know, do this uh, banner or work on social or you know, uh, you know, smaller Spirit. projects. But this one was like we had to show that we could think of entire 360 campaigns rebrands like all that kind of stuff wow so that was a great experience for me as an intern even if it didn't end up as a permanent like secure job at the end so of the, day. the um the free the freelance lasted how long it, it like i, I want to say like together with the internship i want to say maybe 10 months okay almost okay. a year so um then you yeah. had a so that comes, I mean, so that experience under your belt, you're like, all right, you're pretty good. I'm safe from portfolio school. And yeah. <laughs> uh, you're like, I got this experience. I don't need to go to portfolio school, which just makes a lot of sense. Crispin Porter and Bogusky is a huge agency. I think they were huge. Like when were they really big? The two thousands, like the early two thousands. Yeah. They yeah. Were like, like, yeah, they, they are the ones who basically came up with the whole, uh, you know, write your idea in a headline. Uh, like, what would the newspaper say about your idea? Like, they, they, they really were the last ones to really. Alex, Alex Bogusky, is that the name? Yes, Alex Bogusky. He was like the first rock star creative. He kind of, back in the, like the, the 2000s, and still today, he's still a huge name. But like, he was like the first like celebrity, like, like rock star creative and now your boss now i would say he's kind of taken on that role as well no yeah for sure i i i mean i think there are so many uh i i think uh there's so many uh i don't know what to call them yeah rock stars let's call them yeah rock stars. yeah they yeah are. <laughs> um they and and now they're so accessible too like you yes. can really just follow them on instagram and they're oh, posting yeah. stuff and, and, and amazing uh and sometimes yeah they get back to you if you reach out to them. It's not that yeah. hard. If you're a student, <laughs> if you're a student listening, you can reach out. To, they're not untouchable. Absolutely. Uh, they're, they're busy, but that doesn't mean they won't get back to you. I mean, the you know, it might take them a month, but they'll some of them will get back to you. Like, yeah, for sure. Um, I got some big guests coming up in the future of the podcast that I'm excited about oh, as well. Awesome. Can I know? <laughs> no, 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 not uh, I can tell you after. Okay. okay. Can't tell the audience. But I mean, so you, that's right. Let's get back on track here. Um, so Crispin, you had that on your belt. So you said, okay, I'm good from portfolio school. That extension lasts about 10 months from internship. You convert it to freelance. You're doing mm -hmm. copy for rider infinity, American airlines, which I th think you didn't mention by I've written down. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Uh, I, just for a little bit. Yeah. So American big, airlines. big time clients. Like you got a car client, you got a, a, pl a airline pl client, but at that, at, at the end of that, tenure or the 10 month um you 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 landed at a new agency right the community you said yeah so what happened with uh, uh crispin actually was uh one of the toughest things that ever happened in my career was that they they let me go uh that the agency was doing it wasn't doing very well financially okay. and they were just like you know we can't keep extending you every like month to month sure and uh, when they let me go, it was the worst news like ever. 
<laughs> well, did you see I, it coming or was it a complete shock to you? No, I I eventually did. Like, I, I saw it coming just because, you know, uh, the, the agency was wasn't doing too well in the pitch process and, and we weren't able to like, you know, keep clients and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it, it was just something that, yeah. that happened. And, and, uh, I, it was so tough because obviously I blame myself. Uh, I, I felt like I, I failed and, and I had to go back to Panama, uh, back to really? my hometown. And because I, I wasn't like, financially stable either i i was like right. still starting off right. i wasn't gonna like yeah i wasn't gonna live alone like my entire family's back at home mm -hmm. I, I without like you know yeah. a, a job to to help me out but and i remember talking to sarah nunez uh, who, uh, my my professor she was like dude chill out this is <laughs> nothing this is a blip in your career yeah like and and i thought it was the worst thing in the world and i'm laughing about it right now like because it's just it's uh it ended up like you know just making me stronger um so i went back to panama for like a few like a month or two oh, that's and then all. yeah and then like an intern who i met at crisp and porter and Bogusky, his name is anita mayo who is my current art director he reached out to me later and he was like, Hey, I got a gig at the community. Uh, I need a, a copywriter. Do you want to be my copywriter? <laughs> That's awesome. And, and I think he called me like on a Tuesday and he was wow. like, can you be in Miami by Thursday? And I was like, yes. And, and, uh, it was just one of those things where the stars kind of like aligned. And again, I don't believe in fate or stars or anything, but it was just like, it was a Tuesday. Uh, he called me. I didn't have a place. I, I obviously needed a place to stay. Uh, so some friends from college were like, we're studying abroad in Argentina right now. Our house is like free. So you can like literally go into our house and stay there. And, wow. and you're good. And, and it was just like, all those things kind of like aligned. I didn't have to worry about housing. I could wow. literally just fly to Miami the next day. That's and, crazy. And that was it. You just uh, started working? Yeah, and I started working like that week. Wow. <laughs> um, but okay, yeah. but there's a reason why it probably worked out. Like if, you, if, we, if we break it down, you probably worked hard. You probably helped out this guy or created a good connection with, what was his name? Andy. So Andy. Uh, oh, this is your guy right now. This is like yeah. your. This is your. Yeah, he's your homie. Currently, my art director. Like we've been working together for like six years at this point. Wow. <laughs> and and he, uh, uh, when we met at Crispin, we weren't partners. Okay. Uh, we connected over like the garbage TV that we like to watch, <laughs> and okay. and like uh, we like to go to the same restaurant to like the, to eat mm -hmm. lunch. Um, and and we had the same outlook like we like the same companies we're like one day we want to work at wyden and kennedy and we did uh, eventually we did yes, you did um, yes, you did um like we want to do all those things and and uh you know we saw eye to eye on several things sure and and i guess eventually he thought of me when he needed a copywriter and he was like how does this work I don't, I don't, I obviously I haven't really started in the industry. I've only talked to amazing people, but 
so you get this uh art director and copywriter package duo like like and then you're just like friends forever and you work together and you're like wherever you go he goes and like you guys are like always hired together is that kind of accurate or am i just like yeah that's that's pretty accurate at least in in our case i mean i've known other creatives who you know they jump alone uh and then they are paired up there at that new agency with a new uh with a new a new partner but when it really clicks and you find somebody that you're good with and it's it's proven for sure for sure like okay we need both yeah i i've jumped so many agencies with them ever since uh that's crazy and 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 like we go to interviews together we're in the same room with uh, the people that are interviewing us we we no talk way. money we, we talk uh all those things that's great uh, you do double yeah. interviews together yeah 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 and and we we plan it out before our interview oh yeah like, okay you say this i say this no no no, no. you gotta say this like but you gotta say it this way like we yeah. we always plan it out Coach obviously each other and all that that's yeah. awesome and yeah i mean it clicked that's not to say that we don't disagree sometimes oh, sometimes yeah. we we don't see eye to eye on certain ideas it, like, but that's fine that that's what uh makes an idea pushes an idea to be better oh yeah and i'm sure you guys have systems and you guys know each other very well at this point yeah. um you got it all figured yeah. out or you're figuring it out still but um, so you guys have jumped around, right? And this is a huge um, part of this interview that we're having now is to capitalize on the success of your guys's partnership, right? I yes. would love to talk yeah. about like, you know, so you went to David with him after the community. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, I, so- and I'm sure you've done great work at the community and all that. But I want to highlight some of those. What are some of those like big hits that you guys have have made together? Um, what are you really proud of the work that you two have done? No, yeah, for sure. I mean, like uh, at David, so when we were at the community, we were doing uh, uh, Hispanic, mostly Hispanic market stuff. Sure. Uh, and and you guys were kind of trying to like figure out like the how you guys were working together early on. You're 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 testing the waters here and there. You're getting your like you're getting used to each other. No, yeah, for sure. And and I think it. it it clicked immediately in the sense that like, you know, you hear stories of other creatives don't get along with their partner or whatever, or like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, naturally. uh, and, and yeah, and that happens. Sure. But with us, it was just very natural. Like, and we make each other better. Uh, we we're so different in so many ways. We're, we're similar in so many ways as well, but I think it's those differences that really make us, uh, work really well. Mm-hmm um and yeah when we were at the community we yeah we worked on some stuff but uh funny thing like before we jumped into it and and i hope you don't mind if i talk about how i jumped from the community oh like andy and I, yeah bring so it. andy and i when we were at the community uh we were working with this account person who is actually who's at the wife of a C, uh, one of the CDs at David. Okay, gotcha. So, and we became like really good friends. And one day, we we just kind of like met his. It, it, sorry, we we met her husband, and 
yeah, we just hit it off. And, and she was like, oh, you, you know, like, uh, you should hire this guy, like these guys, the, the, these guys are, are doing really well over here, blah, blah, blah. Um, so she wanted to help you out and, and yeah, uh, absolutely because she, we talked about like all the, the stuff, the dreams that we had of like okay. winning a war. So she cared you know, about like, you, heard yeah. you and, and helped you f- that to that next step, which is a yeah. big step. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I remember perfectly when we met the guy for the first time, uh, we were, it was like a Halloween party at the community mm-hmm. and Andy and I, uh, dressed up as, as, uh, Brandon Hodor from Game of Thrones. Okay. Yep. And we ended up winning first place. <laughs> and yeah. and uh, we obviously weren't expecting we weren't expecting that at all. But that got this guy's attention. And and the thing was that he was there to pick up his wife. Um, like it, it was like his it, his birthday is on Halloween. <laughs> Oh. So he, it was just it just happened to happen like yeah, it's, again one of those coincidences that mm-hmm. it was just like he was there and that that's when we met and it, this account person she she helped us out a lot like she was like hey these guys have huge dreams they they're super hungry to do amazing work at David you guys are doing amazing work maybe yeah. it's worth you know interviewing with them yeah. And, and, yeah. and did it happen? No, yeah, absolutely. And actually, I was the one who was like not so sure. I was like, I want to stay. I want to keep like, you know, working here at the community. Like, and then Andy was like, No, nah, man, we we got to do it. Like, we're gonna be like at David the agency. We we can do such amazing work. Mm-hmm. And he sent our our portfolio like by himself. He was just like, Hey, oh. here's, and, yeah. and I was just like. All right, let's see what 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 yeah. they say. And and they called us up, and in a few months, we were like, okay, we we're there, <laughs> and and we made the jump. And I think we we did some of the most amazing work there. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if you want to like go into the work from there or yeah. I mean, so they they obviously so this guy sent the account guy sent your portfolio over. They they interviewed you guys. You were a good fit. You're they that's like that's probably a huge moment in your career jumping to one of those dream agencies of yours absolutely um it was so helpful to be honest like and it's funny to say that because i was at first i was just kind of like skeptical as well like Mm -hmm. i was like i don't know and then andy was the one who pushed me like no no we we gotta do that's we gotta do that's awesome that's that's huge Um, having somebody like that so close that and, and on your team like that to push you I mean, how, I mean, how did you go from being a little bit skeptical or, or, or hesitant or maybe uh, intimidated to creating and being a part of the team that created two Super Bowl commercials? Like, <laughs> how do you go from that version of Alex to the Super Bowl Alex, Super Bowl winning Alex? Oh, man. So, so, I mean, obviously, huge respect to, to the community and all the opportunities I got there. And then mm-hmm. I still have friends there, so it's a huge respect for them and everything. But like the two agencies, David, like between the differences between David and the community are are pretty big. Like David, the agency for one was a very small and nimble agency that was 
you know, they, they would do kind of like the Crispin Porter stuff of the 2000s. Like, it, hey, let's do work that'll get headlines in the they're news. Still, and They're still crushing it. Yeah. No, I mean, like, they, they've come out with some amazing stuff. Even at, like when we left, they're still doing amazing stuff. Mm. Like they, Did they like, do the they, new monogram logo for Burger King? No, that was JKR. So that's a design. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's a design specific. But but yeah, I mean, um, they they still work with Burger King. They they, but going back to like uh, opportunities. Yeah, like at David, we had the opportunity to work at with amazing brands like Burger King. Mm -hmm. Um, and and by the way, Burger King is a uh, is an anomaly. It's like a a, a rainbow unicorn, uh, like because they they are are an amazing client. What's the yep. CMO's name? Machado. Fernando Machado. Yes. Yeah, I mean he's a revolutionary CMO. Yeah. So you have clients like those who who really push the envelope with with ideas, and and then and you also have feed amazing briefs that they're just like no other. I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. But actually, uh, a lot of the time, most of the work is is proactive. Um, okay. And then I can get into that a little bit much later, but yeah, I mean, uh, you like, basically we, we, we got into David and they were like, you know, you're responsible for the work that you put out, you know, uh, every now and then pitch us something proactive, like that, the best briefs are the ones that you come up with on your own and like wow. you come up with your own ideas and, uh, we'll, 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 We'll see your idea and we'll present it to the client and we'll we'll make it proactive brief. I've never even heard of that. I like yeah, that. no, pro it like so what David did a lot was like always on briefs. Always on briefs. So with Burger King, for example, it's flame grilling and Whopper Love and and like how how do you show those things in interesting ways? Um same thing with the other brands that 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 I that Andy and I worked with at, at Budweiser, uh, like, and Coca-Cola and so yeah. on. Let's name them, name some campaigns. I think the, the one that I am just really impressed by and was like, I'm a little even like starstruck is when I figured that you did, uh, you, uh, were a part of the eat like Andy Warhol, uh, Super Bowl commercial campaign which was my favorite by far that was that 20 2018 2019 super bowl yeah that was 2019 yeah yeah 2019 patriots beat the rams brady um i mean who, i don't, I don't know that? any of that by the way i i'm horrible with the that's American okay football. that's okay you can ask me anything about soccer and yeah then like i won't know anything about yeah. that <laughs> But um, I mean that commercial. So, what was your role with that? And you've also done other another Super Bowl ad I want to talk about. So, tell us about like, was it competitive to get that like, to to pitch for that? Um, did they select you for this specific assignment? How does that work? Well, yeah, for sure. So, so that idea, uh, eat like Andy, the the Andy Warhol idea, was an idea that was at the agency even before I was there. Before Andy and I were there, uh, that that was an idea that was already pitched to Burger King, but it took I think two years to make because th there were still a lot of things like 
that there were still a lot of things that needed to happen. Um, it just so happened that Andy and I, along with, uh, you know, an amazing team there, uh, we, we were the ones who, who managed to convince the client to make this a Super Bowl ad. Wow. And that a huge shout out to the strategy behind it as well, like, because that's what convinced even beyond Fernando Machado, we're talking about the CEO of Burger King of RBI, you know, yeah. the, the holding company, yeah. all of them to shell out <laughs> millions and millions of dollars just to put a, a video of when uh, Andy Warhol eating a, a Whopper in the Super Bowl. I, I just can't believe that. So you and your team were able to convince this was an idea in the back burner for a while, kind of big picture. <laughs> like we got to do this sometime. We have this, we, we have an idea that we want to apply sometime. And you said, Hey, let's do this. You and your team, you said, we're doing it for this super bowl. We got all hands on deck. We got to launch this bad boy. Absolutely. And I think again, Andy and I weren't the ones who came up with the idea. We just managed yep. to, to sell it, uh, sell it through. And, um, which is huge, we, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It was an amazing, it was an amazing opportunity. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I sorry, just that. What, what do you exactly do? Would you want me to talk about like the Andy Warhol campaign? Like, no, I, I mean, I, 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 I just, I, I just think that that insight right there is so important for us to understand is that um, you were able to push it and convince them. And I'm sure that was a tough process. Um, but who, what, what really convinced them, would you say, to do that ad and spend millions and millions of dollars? What was like your pitch to them? Like, this is why we need to do it. Okay, got it. So, man, so uh, I'm trying to think of like how to like say this so it's easy to stitch together in the editing process. <laughs> <laughs> Making good. it maybe a little bit easier for you, um, man. Um, yeah, how did we how did we convince Burger King to do Andy Warhol for the Super Bowl? So. That was a tough one. And, and trust me, it took months and months and months. We we did, I think, like 70 decks <laughs> to, wow. to try and convince them. Uh, it went through so many rounds. Um, I think one of the most important things was was trying to tell them, like, hey, look at the, the PR you're going to make. Um, just trying to do something. Like, in the Super Bowl, so many brands are, are be, trying to be loud. They have expensive CGI commercials with amazing celebrities, expensive celebrities. And we're going to do the complete opposite. So they're going this way. All the other brands are doing mm -hmm. this. Burger King should go the opposite direction. Gotcha. We're going to go with this silent killer. Yeah. Just that, that is just attention. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, that, that, that was like the hook. That that was like it was just like we're doing something different. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, obviously, it's such a controversial uh, ad. I still sometimes talk about it with some people, and they're like, "I hate it. I I didn't like it." Or blah blah. And I've heard that before. I yeah. I mean, it definitely sparked I mean, discussion. No, yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, 
And I think this is a really good moment to also talk about like what does success success what what does success look like for a brand? And that's gonna change on a that's gonna change uh, depending on the situation. Oh yeah. Uh, a lot of people are like, okay, but how did that sell Whoppers? Sometimes sales isn't the the best way to to say how successful how successful a campaign was, you know. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes there are other metrics to to check out to see how you know how well you you did. Yeah. Um, and that was very much the case with Andy Warhol. And I mean, and with the moldy Whopper they've done, and with the one Burger King told um customers to go buy from mcdonald's i mean they've yeah. this is not something unusual from burger king in recent years maybe that kick-started it but no yeah they they, are... they've always been a challenger brand where they yeah. they do the opposite of what any other brand is doing and then yeah. you know that that's how they that controversy that gets them the the pr gotcha um, so i mean that's yeah. just great stuff and i respect that work so much I remember talking about it in class. I mean, talk in class you talk about the ads of the Super Bowl. It's like you spent a whole class period talking about the Super Bowl ads. I remember. Oh yeah, and, and, and kind of insane uh, just to hear you say that, just because it's you know so much work goes behind uh, trying to sell those 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 Super Bowl commercials, and, and they're just like what 30, 30 seconds, sixty seconds that you see in a Super Bowl ad, and it's like yeah. okay, all right. <laughs> well, but, I'm t I'm telling you right now too. So my buddies that are not advertising guys, mm -hmm. they they'll remember those. I mean, I I have conversations with them and make sure I pick their brain about Super Bowl commercials, and they'll tell me straight up whether they liked it or not, or if, which ones they remember. I think the most memorable one is probably Puppy Monkey Baby. If you remember mm -hmm. that one, the Doritos yeah. one. Yeah. But um, they'll be talking about those for years, and I know I will. And another one, another Super Bowl one that you did was the the one I loved, and I remember saying this in class was probably my favorite, quick, easy, meaningful, beautifully done Super Bowl commercial was the Budweiser um, one. And that was that the same year. Yeah, that was the same year. It was so the that same was a, year. That was an insane year for, for the uh, for the agency because the agency came out with three Super Bowl ads. And I think at the time we're only 46 people. The agency's on the office. Crazy. Only 46 people, and Insane. we came out with three Super Bowl ads. Annie and I were part of the team that came out with two of those three Super Bowl ads. Um, you and went back to back, you got like two rings, in my opinion. <laughs> you got two Super Bowl rings. And let me explain the the Budweiser one was, I think, what was the headliner? The title of it was Wind Never Felt Better, and <laughs> the video is the Clydesdale horses, obviously on a carriage. There's a dog. I think it's a Dalmatian, and it's Bob Dylan's "Blowing in the Wind" song, which is a classic, and mm -hmm. it basically carries on to this beautiful uh, uh, pan out of wind turbines and this dog blowing in the wind with the Clydesdales, where it says, uh, "What uh, we're going to be non-renewable. We're, we're sourced by." wind power now budweiser <laughs> exactly no yeah and i remember that that commercial was it, it just came out so easily in the sense that the minute we like we were having a lot of trouble with that brief when we were trying to brainstorm for an idea for the super bowl like we knew that we needed to somehow 
talk about the message that Budweiser is working on. Is like all of their other brewery, breweries are going to work on 100% renewable energy. You know, we knew that was the brief, but we were having so much trouble trying to like find what was a way to tell that story. And we, uh, like, uh, I remember I went into the room one day and, uh, and I told my ACDs like, Hey, you know, there's this really dumb idea. I, I thought it was the dumbest idea. I had it written down in my, in my, in my notebook. That I was like, I'm gonna say it anyway. I was like, what what the hell? What do I have to lose? Yeah. And I was like, you know, wins it, uh, uh dogs really love the wind. Like they stick out the, their head out of the, the window all the time. And you know, we're talking about wind <laughs> renewable energy. Um yeah. so so like can we somehow use the story of dog who loves wind as like uh our, wow. our, you know, and then immediately like the room started exploding like and we can do this and we can do that and then someone's like and we have to use bob dylan's uh song like that is our i i thought i was gonna do like some sappy manifesto uh copy writing kind of thing and it was like no the right one single uh word of copy we're gonna use this song as our you know as a message and and it worked so well and uh yeah it it ended up being produced, and uh, yeah, I, I really love telling the the stories behind those Super Bowl commercials, just because, again, you never like it's no one really knows <laughs> how much it takes to produce those. I mean, even Andy Warhol, like, uh, it, like there was a an impromptu trip to Haiti to actually make that thing happen. Really. Yes. Do you want to know the story? Yeah. What, what, what you want? Yeah. I know it sounds kind of weird. Like what does that have to do with Andy Warhol? Uh, so what happened is the Andy Warhol footage is from a documentary from way back in the day. Yep. And it's, it, it's from an old documentary called, I think, uh, 66 scenes of America, uh, by, a Danish director, if I'm not wrong, if I'm correct, yeah. Okay. Uh, 66 scenes of America, and one of them was the Andy Warhol scene of him eating a, a Whopper. And we needed the original, like, uh, footage. yeah, what do you, yeah, footage. We needed yeah. the original footage, and that was in the possessions of the son of that director, who was at the time living his vacation home in Haiti. Okay. So you had to go get it. And and then they they were like, we need it. I think this is like two two weeks before the Super Bowl. It's like we need it right now. Mm-hmm. Um we and we needed to scan it, but the guy can't leave Haiti because he's there for a wedding. So you need to go there right now. And wow. I was like, but I don't know French. <laughs> so yeah. they they flew me with a with an account person who I'm still working with that gut right now. And I, and I love it. Like, this is the story that we have together. Like we always tell the story. It's amazing. Um, and we were so scared too, because at the time, uh, there was like a don't travel here advisory, uh, because there were some, some really dangerous riots at the time. And and we're just like, Oh my God. (laughs) 
that's like, something we, out of like a documentary. Yeah, we we felt like we're like in a James Bond movie. Like, are we really? Can we even really trust this guy? Like, we like yeah. we don't know who this guy is. Whatever, and, and it, it it turned out to be amazing. I mean, it was an amazing experience. We we were in Haiti for a day, and and it was just. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, just so the, weird. Opp the opportunities when you go to like a big agency or like a powerful creative agency, like who knows where it will take you like to hate. No, it. yeah. Like, and for me, I'm still blown away by that. I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, And I want to segue into another great ad that is a huge highlight and a huge favorite of mine, too, mm -hmm. is the Coca-Cola one. Was this also at David? Yeah, this was a David. I think it was so so that one uh so that one was something that like I think Andy called me at like 10 p.m. on a random Tuesday in the middle of the week. And he was like, "Man, I think I have an idea." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, sure. What's up?" And he was like, "Man, I think like we can we can make a, a, a series of print ads that you can hear. And, and he like sent me an article of like GIFs or GIFs. I don't, I don't know yeah. where your standing is of how you would pronounce GIFs or GIFs. I do GIFs. I do GIFs. Okay. I, I, I go, I go with GIFs too. Okay. That's <laughs> okay. right. Everybody listening will call them GIFs from now on. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Good. We got that out of the way. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, he, he just sent me this article and I was like, okay, but what's the idea? And I was like, okay, so we got to do a print ads for Heinz where you can hear like the, when you squeeze the bottle. Do that one more time. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I can, That's I can use the ABC of these if you want uh, for, for editing later, but. No. <laughs> um, and I was like, no, man, I think we need to do it for Coca-Cola. And, and yeah. he was like, oh, I don't know, because it's it's really tough to sell work through Coca-Cola and whatever. And I told him, like, yeah, but man, I think this idea is more about, like, how iconic, the, like, both Heinz and Coca-Cola are iconic brands, you know? Yep. It's just, Heinz is the ketchup brand. Right. But we just, when we're on the phone, and this is, again, 10 p.m. on a random, like, Wednesday or whatever, um, he just called me for to to share this proactive idea he had, and uh, uh, I just told him there's so much more room to play with Coca-Cola because you can do like the the opening of the can, the the when you open the bottle, like uh, you the like there's it's so sensorial. Like with Heinz, it, we were having so much trouble with like you can only do the <laughs> right <laughs> I don't know, I don't like it, you yeah know. and you don't really want to have people kind of think of that noise probably yeah so. i mean I, I mean i think like that that's still awesome for heinz but there was so yeah. much more room to play with coca-cola and it's a brand like you said that's been around for so long everybody knows the sound when you open up a coke can or bottle and the fizz I mean, everybody's experience. Yeah, absolutely. And and so Andy and I were like, okay, let's create a list of like our five to eight favorite sounds of Coca-Cola. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll do some comps in the morning and show it to our our CDs. 
<laughs> and then uh, I think around this time it was like I want to say it was March. March, yeah. So it was like a, it wasn't that long. It from like Can, like at least from the deadlines for Can, and we're like, okay, this could win awards and whatever, and, and yeah. like, uh, uh, we uh, even though it would have been you know an amazing thing, an amazing campaign for Coca Cola, we're like, we should do this for Can, and 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 like, it was insane how our CDs when they saw it for the first time, they were like approved. And I think to this day it was the fastest idea wow. we've ever produced because it was like our CDs saw it. They're like approved. Uh, they took, uh, uh, they, they, they took like low PDF, like low res PDFs of them and sent them through WhatsApp to the client. Oh, right away. And they're like, and they're like, okay, let's do it. And in two weeks, they're already like all around Europe, like in billboards and print ads and all that kind of stuff. Holy cow, that is crazy. Yeah, no, and and so it's just you two that came up with that. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, obviously, uh, yes. Huge shout out to everyone in the team, like RACDs at the time, who are currently the creative leads at David uh, Miami. But most importantly, also the CDs at the time, who are now my ECDs at Gut, uh, mm -hmm. Juan and Ricky. You know they they they're amazing, and they they're the ones who, at the end of the day, helped us uh, uh, wow. push this idea out. And and you know the, the client for believing us as well. Like we don't give clients enough credit. Uh, I think it's it's kind of like easy to say, ah, oh, clients don't get it. They're dumb or whatever. But you know, like clients can be your best friend. And, yeah. and, and I don't like when people say like, ah, oh, the clients, you know, whatever. Uh, a lot of times they say it because they have their own reasons and, and they believed in us in the, in the Coke print ads and yeah. they, they also made it happen strategy as what well. A, and uh, yeah. I mean, that's a home run. It's a home run. You got three home runs, and I'm sure there's more that we can talk about. But, I mean, super impressed with that work. I want to just kind of like go into the tail end now into how you got to where you're at today. and mm -hmm. and Because um, you're at Gut now, but you also have been at uh, – the before you were at Gut, you were at the – you were at Wyden Kennedy, which is a huge agency nowadays and probably has been when you were there. How did you end up getting there? What was your stint there looking like from David to Wyden? Was it Wyden in Miami or was it Portland? It, it, Portland. So so okay. after like all that amazing work that we did at David, we obviously got awards. We we got uh, oh yeah. I, I we got 10 Can Lions at that wow. um we Andy and I got recognized in a bunch of lists. Uh, Forbes Business Insider. We we ended up in uh, Young Guns finalists. It, all those kinds of things, and you know, you get a lot of attention for that. And oh, yeah. I remember, I don't remember for which one of the lists it was. I remember a recruiter from White and Ken and Kennedy Portland uh, reached out to us on a random like I want to say like in September, yeah. like, uh, and, and then, uh, uh, 
she didn't offer us anything. She was like, I just want to like meet you guys. And I was like, we, we talked with her. Um, and I want to say like January, February of the next year, she was like, oh, by the way, I have an opening and I thought of you guys. Yeah. Uh, do you want to <laughs> come to YGK? Wow. And, and we're like, oh my God, this is the, the dream. I mean, like Annie and I, when we were interns, this is the stuff that we were talking about, like right. working in the big leagues. Yeah. And uh, that's the one. Ever, that's the one. Yeah. I mean, and, and we were going to be working on, on uh, Corona Extra and on Nike. Um, of course. And Huge. We were just so excited. Um, and yeah, when, when we started at Widen, the pandemic started. <laughs> And that changed everything uh, for us. Unfortunately, it was a a short stint in the sense that we were just there for, what, four or five months? Yeah. Um, And it it was just an amazing opportunity for it. Even though it was just so short, we we learned so much from some of the it's just, I I can make a whole episode about just widen. Uh, they're just really that good. And and I'm just saying that based on the shortest five months, you know? Yeah. So but, you learned but, a lot in those five? No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like the, the way they look at, at advertising, inspiration, uh, how they, they go in uh, about that kind of stuff. Um, it's a whole different thing. Um, but yeah, it, it, like the, it was around the same time as the pandemic. So that, that, affected a lot of our plans we were still in miami and and we were looking to move to poland oh so did you ever end up getting out there officially like moving out there no no because of the because of the pandemic that was right uh, yeah and then with andy in particular like he's from miami so his family is Mm -hmm. uh from here and he's already had like a couple of uh scares uh in his family like health scares sure and he just felt like you know this isn't the best time to go to portland like i I should stay here in miami and yeah um you know this is the guy i've been working with for (laughs) six years you know right we're not just coworkers. we're this friend like uh friends and and brothers yeah (laughs) and uh uh we we I'll be honest with you. We bickered about it and everything. We were like, no, we should go. This is an amazing opportunity. This is our dream. We're, right. you know, we should stay and everything. And, um, it just so happened again, stars aligned. <laughs> mm-hmm. Our, our ex bosses from David, Juan and Ricky, who I mentioned earlier, uh, who are at the ECDs at gut, they reached out and they're like, Hey, uh, you're no longer at David anymore. There's no non-compete anymore. Ah. We can talk to you and and like we can, you know, we can talk if you want to like go to some, go to yeah. go to gut. And, and they found out that we we never left to Portland, so it was like, oh, you're still here in Miami. So you're like, oh, you guys are in town. Why don't you come yeah. on over? I'm like, yeah, no, And it just happened along at the same time as Widen, you know was being affected a lot by like the pandemic and it, they, they handled it really well, by the way. But, you know, we, we had a lot of doubts just because everything that was going with Andy and all that kind of stuff. Right. So it wasn't so much Wyden was saying, like giving you these 
um, decisions. It was you guys. You guys were deciding, you know, what was the best thing yeah. for you guys. Obviously, with Andy's situation, you know, it, this is a tough decision and probably some of the toughest times of the, you know, you know, the last couple decades in the United States. It's been Absolutely. tough in the world. So your decision ultimately was, okay, we never left for Portland. We still love Wyden. Who doesn't? But it's, you know, this opportunity is too good to be, to, to pass up with gut. Yeah. No. And, and by the way, they, they, they were amazing about it all. Like RCDs over there, uh, uh, HR, uh, the, the recruiter who, who reached out for, uh, they reached out to us for the first time. They were amazing. They, they even like offered us to, to work there remotely, uh, gotcha. indefinitely. Uh, but it was also, you know, just tough because of the, 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 our difference, like, uh, yeah. that would, that would have been really tough to also manage. And, and we were kind of struggling a, a bit with that as well. Sure. Uh, um, being in Miami and there in Portland and, you know, although it was just all those factors and at the end of the day, they, they, they were super understanding. Uh, so super grateful for that. Yeah. And yeah, uh, that's how we ended up being in the gut. I, I mean, it, it was a little bittersweet, but it, it, but at the same time, so happy because I ended up working with uh, some some of the people that I've all, already worked with. I was already yeah. familiar with them as well. That's, yeah. yeah, it's interesting how those. It seems like some of those bosses, the people you've known, carry on. They want you back, and you keep talking. You stay in connection with these people. That seems to be an underlying theme of this conversation. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's an amazingly uh, tight knit group, and and yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think I, I keep thinking back to when you said back in when you were in Miami undergrad that you were not afraid to work hard. You were you were putting in those long hours, and you know you would stay up till two a.m. for the pitch or for a class project at this point. And that work ethic, I'm I'm. You say you get lucky. You're saying the stars aligned. But I would like to think, and I think you think this as well, that that hard work and that work ethic that you've practiced for so long and your passion probably is what led you to these great opportunities. Obviously, luck comes to play, but you worked hard. You earned oh, yeah. these things. And that's awesome to hear that it can it pays off and comes to fruition in your case. No, well, yeah, for sure. I I mean, I I don't know how else to put it without sounding super cliche, but I mean, it's, um, again, I'll, I'll say it again. You'll, you'll never truly, you'll never be the best one in the room. You'll, you'll never be sure of that. But the one thing that you can be sure of is being the, the one who works the hardest. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. How long have you been at gut now? It, honestly, it hasn't even been that long. I, I want to say uh, four months. Okay, and you're loving you loving it there. You and your you and uh, Andy are crushing it. Yes, no, absolutely. So we're we're really looking forward to to the kind of work that we're we're doing with them. Uh, Is it remote still? still? Huh? Is, are you working remote? Yeah, we're still uh, working remotely. Uh, but it's not uh, too far. The office usually. Yeah, so gut right now is with a. They've been using uh, WeWork, okay. But they've been looking for a more permanent kind of office situation after the pandemic. Oh, okay, how old are they? How old is this? Actually, not that old. Like so, so Anselmo, who founded David, he 
eventually founded his own indie company, Gut, mm-hmm. and it's uh, two years old. It's oh. two years old. It's not that. Cool. Not, it, it hasn't been that long. Gotcha. And good, good. Now I want to give it, give you the mic. Now I mean, there's a lot of deep rooted messages in in your story, which I loved and that we talked about. But is there any quick things that you've learned and you you've kind of seen over your years and your partnership and, and and all the great agencies you've been at any some like like just some like hard fact pieces of, of advice from your career that you can tell our listeners out there any we know the working hard aspect but any, anything else like that's been on your mind that you want to talk about in addition that we might have glossed over oh yeah for sure i i mean uh i want to say don't be don't be a dick. I think that's always the first one. Yep. Um, Ryan Breaker said that from Ad Age. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. I I think it's just a you never it, advertising is such a small world. It's such a small world. It's a it's insane to see even at gut right now. Like I'm working with some people that. I used to work with the Crispin Porter and Bogusky. Yes. I haven't seen in like six plus, like, yeah, I haven't seen in years. Uh-huh. And I'm working with them again. Yep. And it's it's kind of insane to, to be working with those people again. And, you know, you never know who knows who. Uh, chances are this person you know knows this other amazing person you want to meet. Right. You know, it, it's, it's such a small world. So, yes, uh, never be that. a dick. Yeah, that it's, being, it is. It's is it, sorry. What were you gonna say? I don't know. I was just agreeing with you. Keep going. Now that being said, don't be afraid to. Never be afraid to disagree with people. If you ever run into a disagreement or a fight or whatever it is, hey, that happens. Sometimes that happens when you're in the same room with it, when passionate people are in the same room. That that's bound to happen. Uh, chances are that that happened because you stood up for something and that should count that should count for something so that that that's a i would say that's the second thing and and third thing i I would say uh uh be be an ad nerd I, I want to say, like, be an ad nerd. And, and I think you can find an amazing essay written by Anselmo, the CCO of Gut, about this as well. Mm-hmm. And and maybe this, this is cheating because we're talking about, like, also being passionate and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think being an ad nerd is, it's so easy to be cynical about the advertising industry. And I think a, a lot of people are, are, like, not just junior people. I, I think a lot of the people at the top as well are, like, ah, uh, they're so jaded with advertising as an industry and they think the worst of it or for several reasons. And that's not to say that there are no like truths to it, but I think there are so many amazing things about advertising that make it really just the best job in the world. Like we aren't just making TV commercials. We, you know, yeah, sure. We're selling a chicken sandwich. But you also have the opportunity to talk about some amazing stuff that you're passionate about. This is a playroom where you can combine some of the some of the stuff that you really like outside of your job and and like 
put that into ideas. Um, uh, so, so yeah, I mean, that's another thing that I can go on a whole episode mm. just talking about that. But I rather just you know go read Anselmo Ramos's essay on being okay. an We'll 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 link that to yeah. the account and. Um, People will see all some of your recommended resources too. I'll have you collect a list. And for our listeners, can they reach out to you? Um, are you too busy? Or do you not care about people? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're good, yeah. you're good to, how, how can they reach out to you? I, I think uh, just a LinkedIn message is cool. always welcome. Cool. Uh, I, I'm probably not going to answer immediately, but sure. I'll, I'll try. And yeah. also, I'm on Instagram. I, I know I'm not. My my handle isn't the most, uh, what do you call it? The most intuitive name ever. Andy gave me that name. Yeah, I didn't have Instagram at the time. Okay, you'll have to go account. to you'll have to go to entering ad on Instagram to see what his <laughs> name is. We'll tease. Yeah, that it, it's starving writer. It's starving dot writer underscore because I'm pretty skinny and yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, awesome. Then we'll have people reach out to you, and we will wrap it up there. Uh, that's it. And I appreciate you coming on. You have an amazing story. You great gave great advice. Thank um, you so much. Thank you yeah. so much for reaching out and uh, yeah. an amazing opportunity for to talk about all this. Yeah. Well, have a good one. We'll be in touch. Yeah. Thank you all for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this week's guest. Make sure you go and connect with them on LinkedIn. Tell them that Breaking and Entering sent you. Now, thank you to Mikey Malarkey, our audio technician, and Buchan Zhang, our creative director, as well as the student team from the Midnight Oil Agency at the University of Illinois. Can't do it without you all. Thank you very much. We will see you all next week with another amazing guest.